0: I sent my oldest son off to a youth retreat this weekend. He was hours away. And like at any time when I'm not with him, I really missed him. But with that great distance and for those several days, I was really feeling the disconnect. I'm so glad that he had his Gab phone along. I was able to send him a quick text each evening to ask about his day and to tell him that I was praying for him. Have you heard of these things? The Gab phones? That's Gab. G-A-B-B. They look and feel a lot like a smartphone, but they aren't connected to the internet in any way. A user can call, they can text, take pictures, and even listen to music, but that's about it. With the Gab phone, I had peace of mind knowing that I could get a hold of my son all weekend, but that he didn't have access to the internet, and most importantly, the internet didn't have access to him. He wasn't scrolling social media or being sent shady photos from total strangers. He wasn't wasting time playing video games or being taken advantage of by cyber stalkers. If you too are interested in purchasing a regular cell phone that looks and feels like a smartphone for your kids, you can grab 30% off a Gab phone or a Gab watch right now. Head to gabwireless.com and use promo code MOMTOMOM at checkout. That's capital letters. M O M T O M O M. So once again, go to gabwireless.com and use promo code MOM2MOM. Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here.
1: Money gives us opportunities to teach our children good and godly attributes and how to be shrewd, faithful, trustworthy, efficient, effective, accountable, generous, And sure, these can be taught without using money, but your children would do well to learn how they all relate to money. One of the key Christian values to teach our children is that everything belongs to God and we are stewards of all that he has given us. And the Lord said, who then is the faithful and sensible steward whom his master will put in charge of his servants to give them their rations at the proper time? That's found in Luke 12, 42. As stewards we maintain the work according to god's standard not our own part of intentional parenting is to work with your children as you teach them what's the first thing your child has stewardship over himself household chores give a mini picture of god's economy everything in the child's world belongs to the parents and the parents are providing things for the child's use stewardship is the idea that we ought to take proper care of the things they've been given And especially so if those things have been entrusted to us for a period of time, and then we'll pass on to someone else. This idea of stewardship is based on the Christian principle that God has given us the world to tend and take care of. Today, we are bringing this conversation to you with the hopes of establishing a biblical and practical approach to chores and to allowance and everyday stewardship for our homes and teaching our children. So today, Kate, Jamie, and I are looking forward to sharing with you the basics of stewardship and how we have navigated those in our own homes. So I want to begin, I think, today, girls, with how we ourselves have navigated the idea of stewardship in our homes. And um, so, Kate, what about you? I know is older now and has her own family, but, you know, when you were raising her, what do you think was an approach that you
2: took? Well, stewardship to me, it's really much more than teaching our kids about chores and tithing, though those are, of course, are important. I think it includes how we handle our time, our money, all the things God has entrusted to us, our stuff, you might say, but also our gifts and talents, our abilities, you know, when my daughter was young, we did our best to teach her to treasure what all that God had given her, the physical things that she owned and had to learn to care for, but also her gifts and talents. She needed to, to learn to steward those things well, but also even, you know, as she was learning, as she was in school and to steward her her mind well, her intelligence as she was learning to read and learning arithmetic and all those things to just steward and, and respect those things well. And hopefully we did a good job. I mean, she, she did well in school better than I did, I should say when I was growing up, but, you know, I think all those things are important and we need to learn to steward and respect all those things well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think it's a a one and done sort of Sunday school object lesson. It's definitely a lifestyle Mm -hmm. that has to be modeled. And that first starts with us. You know, I can't expect my children to be good managers of their time, money, and talents if I don't have proper management of those things in my own life, you know? I think stewardship often gets a lot of lip service, but it's really the action that we model that will really move our children towards good stewardship. So they need to know what stewardship looks like. They need to see it. They need to see us maybe... um, use the last few minutes of our day preparing for the next day's activities instead of maybe binge watching Netflix. You know, if we want them to be content with perhaps using that same backpack this year that they use last year in school, then they need to see us be okay. You know, having one pair of fashion boots at the bottom of our closet and not three or four pairs, you know, I think we can also model stewardship when we serve together with our family. And we've talked about serving as families on a previous episode, but I think it's important to encourage our children to serve because it realigns this naturally self-focused idea that everybody has, you know, we're born with that. That's humanity. When you invite them into a real project and and entrust them with a real job that maybe benefits not just themselves, but others, you're saying to them, your gifts are needed here. This task, this place, these people, they need you. And so then they begin to see their God-given talents and and the place for those talents in this world. They, They begin to see how needed those things are. Um, I think the last thing that is often overlooked w- with this idea of stewardship, in a, at least in our effort as parents to teach stewardship, what we often do is, you know, when the offering plate is passed down the row on Sunday morning, we might give a couple quarters to our little one that's sitting next to us for them to plop in the offering plate. And we think that is encouraging our kids to have open-handed giving, but I would say that if sacrifice is not hard one, and if it doesn't actually cost our kids something, it doesn't really give it a full weight. It's not truly sacrifice. So while I don't think it's wrong to pass a couple of coins to your kids as the offering plate is passed, I think you'd, you'd do well to encourage your kids to reach into their own storehouses and um, encourage them to give out of their own money. And that does require money. And I think we're going to talk about that later in our episode about, you know, giving our kids allowance. But I think that they will learn the idea of open-handed giving so much more if they're given actual opportunities to exercise it themselves.
1: That's good. Yeah, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, after you both started talking, it made me think about the word stewardship. Like, do we I don't remember the last time I've used that word with maybe a child under the age of eight. And I don't even know if any children under the age of eight even hear that word stewardship. I don't even know if we use it a lot as parents in our homes, but I've been thinking about words that we might use that have the same indication. Um, So for example, we might say uh, responsibility or your offering or um, what is important to you? What do you do to use that? You know, it just makes me think, I think we talk about stewardship on, you know, like our podcast and and we read books about it and parenting, but what are those things that we're trying to implement practically everyday basis with our kids? And so I I would find myself saying something like, well, God has given you the ability to use your words or to sing. So how will you use that for someone else's good? What will, um, what will you do to work hard so you can get something else? And so I think, you know, when we talk about stewardship today in the podcast, it's a big word. And uh, a lot of us as parents think, well, you know, my kids aren't older yet. They're not making money, um, I'm not really going to have this conversation with them, but it's really something we start talking about when they're little and uh, as they grow, the word means more to them, you know, stewardship, but right now it's, you know, responsibility and ownership. And I think that's the biggest word for stewardship, I think is ownership, ownership and offering. Um, So, you know, naturally in order to teach our children about money, they need to have money in their hand, right? Like you were saying, we could give our kids money to, do something with it, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I know when my kids, um, you know, work hard for something that they want to, to um, they have a goal, or they want to give, and they have a job and and something that they're working hard for. It means and it means more. But chores and allowance in, you know, in homes today, there's a lot of different approaches and opinions on this idea. So I think it would be really good for us to cover a few of the basics and principles that have worked for us and where we landed on those. I know just between the three of us, there might be three different perspectives here um, on chores and allowance. And um, I know myself as a mom of 28 years, I've changed over the time with a few different approaches. And, and um, so I'd be curious to see you know what your thoughts are on that.
2: Well, you know, I think we we did a little bit of, of everything. Um, we gave some allowance, but we also, back in those days, we had a home business and we had a lot of stuff that we needed to do. We were actually packing and shipping and sending things out from our home. So there were lots of opportunities for our daughter to actually earn money helping us in our business so she loved helping we we were we had a um, basement in those days and down in our basements where we had our business and i remember packing and shipping and doing all these different things that we would do with the products that we sold back then and she she was little back then but she loved helping well in the way that she could help in those years but she would earn money for the certain chores that she was required to do And, you know, she had those opportunities to earn money and she would earn it. And back in those days, we used the three envelope system that probably a lot of you know about. Some of you may not, but we divided her money into three envelopes. And those envelopes were tithe, save and spend. And 10% of whatever she earned came right off the top and that went into the tithe envelope 10% went into the save envelope and the rest went into spend. And we carried that through for, for all of her growing up years. She probably still does it today, knowing my daughter, but honestly, she was so frugal. It's always been hard for her to spend. She's, she's that kid that we would go shopping and she'd be the one to go, mom, do you, do you really need those boots? Do you really need that new whatever it was that I was buying it? She would always make me think twice about whatever it was I was going to buy. But anyway, it most of her spend money usually went to some needs. So that somebody needed at church, but you know, God used our life circumstances. I remember when we went through a four-year financial drought, that was really pretty serious. One of those times where you just look at your bank account and go, I don't know how we're going to pay our bills, but somehow each month you end up finding a way, God just worked it out, but it instilled in her a very deep respect for money. And she really never took it for granted. And and I'm glad in a way that it happened when she was young because she learned early on that, you know, this isn't something I can't take for granted where this comes from and how bills are paid and how the things that I have are bought and paid for. I have to, I have to have great respect for this, that this is, this doesn't just appear and, you know, the food doesn't just appear on the table. It it costs money and and money doesn't grow on trees. You know, she really did learn that early and I'm glad that she did. And, you know, she, she learned early on not to waste money and not to treat it frivolously. And she still takes that into today. I mean, that's still part of her. So. I mean, I think that's a good thing. She's learned those lessons and I see her passing that on to her children. Even though they're in a good financial place, they can they can have not anything they want, but they can have the things that they want. But she's still, you know, she's passing those lessons on. And I see that and it, and it gratifies me as a grandparent to see her passing those things to her children.
0: Hmm. I love the way you speak about your daughter, Kate. <laughs> you know, it goes to the, the idea of you praise in public and you do that so well.
2: Well, she's amazing.
0: Um, I think, okay, so my answer might ruffle some people's feathers because I feel like my husband and I have taken the narrow road, the path not taken when it comes to chores and allowance, especially in Christian circles. So uh, I guess just uh, hear me out and you can certainly agree to disagree The first thing I want to say is we have talked about chores at length here on the podcast. So if you are looking for some ways to assign those and teach those, I'd really highly recommend you go to episode 37 of the mom to mom podcast, go ahead on over and, and have a listen to that episode So we're talking about stewardship with this idea of money. And for the most part, I think in Christian circles, at least the idea of allowance is linked to chores because we look to that verse, you know, if a man does not work, he does not eat. And that's definitely scriptural. I'm not negating that in any sense of the imagination. However, when my husband and I determined um, to give our allowance to our kids, it was with the purpose of teaching them stewardship. You know, we just talked about the fact that if you're, you want your children to learn to be wise with money, then of course they have to have money to learn to be wise with. So small amounts of money and you start with, um, you know, scripture says, he who is faithful and little will be faithful in much. So we started with small amounts of money. So what that looked like is when each of our kids turned five, they, and, and they kind of learned the value of every coin, a penny is worth a cent, a nickel is worth five cents, and they learned how to skip count. We started to give them allowance in the form of a dollar, 10 dimes, because that was um, a percentage or that was a, a form of coin that they could manage. They had 10 dimes. So it was easy to see that at least one-tenth a tithe is one dime. That was an easy tabulation in their mind. And we did something similar, Kate, where, you know, we encouraged them to give some to God. We encouraged them to save some and encouraged them to spend. And I think that that helped them learn the value of patience and persistence, you know, when they wanted to save up for something, they couldn't just have it right away. And um, in, in encouraging them to actually spend money, you're actually introducing frugality and discernment when, when it comes to a need versus a want. So they had money, a dollar every week, doled out in dimes. But here's the difference in maybe how we handled it. The money was gifted. It wasn't earned. So we don't link our allowance, still don't link our allowance with chores. That's not to say that we're dismissing what Second Thessalonians 3.10 says about having a good work ethic. We actually do have opportunities and give our kids opportunities to earn money through work. You know, here's this special project, special Saturday project dad needs help with, and you have an opportunity to earn some extra money. So they, they still are learning that idea of, you know, when you work, you receive a wage, but we gifted allowance because in our estimation, God blesses us with unmerited favor that we do not deserve. And it's by nothing we do that he gives it to us other than the fact that he just loves us. I am his child. So he gives things to me. And we wanted to do the same for our kids in order that they could learn good stewardship. So we give them allowance. and here's the other piece in looking ahead years ago, when we started planning out how we were going to teach stewardship to our kids, we looked ahead and we thought, you know, they're only five now, but someday when they turn 16, our little one, two, maybe $3 allowance isn't going to mean a whole lot to them when they're making 10, 12, $15 flipping hamburgers at a restaurant somewhere. And so if we had linked it to chores in our thought, at least, we thought, well, someday they might look at our 2 or $3 and say, it's not really worth it to me to make my bed or to sweep the floor to only earn $1 or $2. We wanted them to see chores in the home as an opportunity to serve those in the home. We wanted them to um, learn to contribute to the upkeep and maintenance of the house because they were members of the house. We didn't want to link it to chores because someday maybe that couple of dollars wouldn't matter to them. And they would see that little sum as dispensable and perhaps opt out of doing chores altogether. So we give allowance, but it's not always linked to chores.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly what we do um, in our home, Jamie. I'm glad that you shared that. That is, I love the the dime analogy and when they're early on, when they're learning the value of money, so they can visually see what one tenth is and they really understand that. Um, I hope a lot of moms are encouraged and we'll just you know begin trying that because it's a really great principle. Uh, for our home, we do the same thing. We have chores everyone just pitches in they rotate no one really gets paid per se for doing those but we do have um two other things that we do on top of that we have a way for them to make money I'll post a, a list of things that they can do and there is like a dollar amount assigned to that so little jobs for little hands all the way up to bigger jobs that are more complicated and then I put a a little clothespin pin on the paper and um as they get older it's just a notebook but they can kind of move the clothespin pin to what they want to do and there's a dollar amount written next to that project and then they choose it they have a little clothespin pin with their name on it and when they do that they bring me the clothespin, pin they get paid for it and it's crossed off and then someone else has so there's a whole list of ways for them i always give them opportunities to make money um, and then of course when we're out uh, and they need something and they really want something and they've used their money so wisely and they're saving, then I will buy that for them. I will buy that for them. And that's my allowance to them, buying them those things that are very special to them. or not, you know, going out shopping all the time and it becomes something very special, uh, especially if I know they're saving their money and using it wisely. So those are some of the different things that we've done in our home.
0: Imagine the world change that would take place if we moms did the knee-bending work of prayer for our homes, if we spent just as much time praying as we do providing perfect childhoods, perfect days, perfect dinners. Our kids need perfection, that's true, but it won't ever be found in us. That's a gift only Jesus can lavish on them. If Kate, September, and I could encourage you in just one thing, it would be prayer. Nothing will be more powerful in the life of your kids and in your relationship with them than bringing them to the throne of the All-Powerful One, who can move heaven and earth on their behalf. To help direct your thoughts to specific prayer points found in Scripture, we've put together a month-long series of prayer cards called 30 Days of Prayer for My Child. Each card contains a prayer theme, a verse that correlates with that theme, and a brief sample prayer to help you call upon God to be faithful to His word in light of your kids, to grab a set of your own, head to September and Co. Shop on Etsy. Pray for your kids today, because if you're not praying for them, who will be?
1: You know, the thing about money and kids and it being in their hands is we can we can train and and we've talked about love languages here on the, uh, our podcast episodes, um, I think a few times, at, at least once, and. You know, you're always going to have that one child who's a giver and they will work hard for their money, but then you find out that they've given it all away. And so the principle of generosity and saving is truly something challenging when you have a child like that. We've had that happen even when, uh, you know, we have 10 kids and we have like one, two or three that would just literally give you all of their money and not think a thing of it. And as great as that is, you even that is a principle of teaching them that um, it's, it's good to give and it's good to be generous, but we also should give wisely. So that's a flip side to that, especially if, if you have children like that, you know, you, I'll go to bed at night and I'll find a little note with a dollar attached to it. Or my teenage son, when he was 17, um, we found out he went to a, like a, a youth rally and they did an offering for a missionary and he put, you know, his hundred dollar bill into that offering and we, he came home and my husband and I, we were so torn by, should we, is this a bad thing? How do we tell him he shouldn't have given $100 away? So, and we didn't, you know, we didn't, um, but we did have a talk about, you know, what is good stewardship with our money and what do we do um, when the Lord tells us to give and how do we save and how do we compensate for that? So I think this whole talk about stewardship, you know, flows into many areas of raising kids, um, and especially depending on what your family unit's like. If you have a family unit with one child, all the chores can be done by that one child. So, um, you know, I think it's it's something each family has to come to a good system for themselves, but I think the basic principles are, are there of owning our work and being wise.
0: Mm-hmm. I think to the flip side of what you were saying, September, and I, and I have one of those kids too that you know, has such a heart to give um, that, you know, has to be trained in the, the other end of stewardship. But I know as a child growing up in a home, we were very, very poor. And so I learned to hoard my money and, it, and I needed to be taught as an adult to, um, yes, I, I was tithing. I was giving what I, you know, giving my 10% that I was asked to give, by the Lord. But did I have this open-handed generosity to give above and beyond? I always had this scarcity mindset of not having enough money. And so that was something I had to learn the hard way is um, to be able to spend money and not feel bad about it or, or be able to spend trusting that God was going to take care of any other thing that would maybe be a bill or an expense later that i didn't even know about today i i had this posture of scarcity and i think that that can be an issue in some kids life and and so teaching them to give is is important so yeah we have different kids and they they need that model but it takes having money in their hand to be able to learn that skill
1: right i i think you know as as parents our mindset on money will transfer to our children if and and so we should be very careful and use discernment and wisdom and you know maybe evaluate where we are with that and if we're married talk about that with our spouse and see what we're teaching our kids just in our own mindset Um, but i have learned a lot just from watching my kids and how they handle their money i've learned a lot about myself Um, you know, maybe how I shop. Is it, is it, I'm taking money out of savings because it's a stress thing. You know, I have seven daughters, so I've had a lot of opportunity to see how our emotions play into our money and our, our mindset. And so it teaches me a lot about what I have thought what my mindset is on finances and chores. Um, I think we've fallen into good lines here, but it's taken a while. So I think if, if you're, if really you don't know how you feel about a lot of these things, start the conversation, watch how your kids are handling their money and it might give you a, a little peek into what you really <laughs> believe. Um, and 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 more than chores and more than money, you know, stewardship also transfers to, our home and our property. And a good sword will establish order by setting things right or putting things in their proper place, in their proper state. So I think it would be important for us to talk about what this looks like in everyday life and how we implement those ideas, you know, um, with our children and our own lives and the things that we've been entrusted with.
0: Well, I'm a minimalist and I realize not everyone is, but I have to um, walk that line carefully because I also don't want a, a sterile, uninviting home. But I tend to only keep things that I actually use or need or can maintain because in my mind, less stuff means more life. I don't have to expel a bunch of energy keeping it and cleaning it and mending or dusting and on and on and on all these things that I have. I, and I think that's part of stewardship. And I'm not saying that a minimalist has grasped this better than somebody who isn't. But I think in my own life, I can steward my, my things better when I have less things to steward, knowing that I can actually manage them. Um, and then in being willing to entrust all the surplus to someone else by donating it or giving it away to somebody who could use it more than I can. I think the other component to modeling good stewardship is, as you said, taking responsibility for your own actions. So cleaning up a mess when I've made it right away, fixing an item when I've broken it, dealing with a need in the moment instead of putting it off for another day, and then establishing good habits and routines that'll make more efficient use of my time. And we've talked about that in episode 45. So I think you know, it goes back to modeling this good behavior. I can't expect my kids to clean up a mess they just made if, if they see me putting it off for another time. Right. You
1: know, stewardship is one of those things while we're recording this, I think that I talk about every day with my kids. Uh, When I talk to my teens about what they're eating, stewardship of our bodies, when I talk to them about You know, their skin and their health and exercise, like stewardship of our time and stewardship of our health and stewardship of our gifts, which I want to talk about in a few minutes with Kate, especially with Franny, you know, and how that's an ideal opportunity for us to talk about stewarding our gifts. And I just feel like every day I talk about this, you know, if you have your own room, it's your job to own that place and steward. Well, what God has blessed you with, you know, God has given me 10 children. That's my top priority. It's my job to steward that that time, that investment. Well, and um, I think when we really think about it, you know, like even living on, you know, our life here, on earth like all of those things are transferable to this whole concept of stewardship we've narrowed it down to chores and allowance and money but we really implemented stewardship into this conversation because it's something that is just so important um, even our salvation and our christianity and the gift god has given us and that we're to steward that well we don't just wake up every morning and think what's god going to do for me today um, you know what can we do and that's why i always tell my kids this is an ownership and this is an offering um, just like chores are we all do chores to steward the home God has given us well, to keep it in order, to keep it clean, to keep it inviting, to keep it organized so that we're healthy and we're strong and we're functioning well as a family. And uh, so, you know, if it confuses you and you're just thinking stewardship is about money and chores and allowance and you have this big project to work on, just think of it as like a a way to approach life every day. And maybe if it helps just to think of those two words, you know, ownership and offering.
0: I love how you put, um, faith in there in your salvation. That is a talent that God has given us and trusted to us. And what are we going to do with that? Are we going to hide it under a bushel and, and just keep, um, the, the light that he's given us and the free gift of salvation that he's given us to ourselves, or are we going to steward it well by telling others? I hadn't really thought of that before. That's kind of a mindset shift.
1: I get really passionate about this discussion. I think I just get passionate about it because I think if we are all living to our fullest potential of stewardship in so many areas of our life, I think our Christian influence would be so much better. Our parental influence would be so much greater. And our children's um, you know, formative years would be so much richer and fuller because they would see their potential. I know Kate talks about that a lot, You know, raising up kids with our words and calling out their potential, which is probably why Franny steward her gifts so well because Kate took that so seriously. And I think every day would be approached differently, you know, and it doesn't have to be a condemning, directive, instructive, robotic way. I think it could be, you know, like, for example, I have teen girls and I say, you know, we're going to steward our bodies. We're going to be healthy. We're going to take care of our skin. We're going to exercise not to be militant just because this is what God's given us and, and what a gift it is for us to be healthy. Um, there's a lot of people who aren't. And so we have to take care of those things and their belongings. And when kids are little you know, you can micro uh, manage it down into small spaces of your toy box or your bed, making your bed and orderliness and how that's important to God, orderliness. And um, I just feel like, you know, um, stewardship is foundational to our relationship with God and to one another with money, our belongings and our gifts and abilities. So before we close today, um, was sharing some good foundational teaching topics and approaches for moms with their children, maybe some very practical things. Um, I know it took me a multitude of scenarios and trial and errors to figure out two things. And I would like, you know, Kate, maybe you could share how you did this with Franny and how you saw what God gave her, Mm -hmm. you know, and how you helped pull out that potential. But I think each family needs to know two things. And and Kate, you can weigh in on this. What is the right or best decision for our family when it comes to stewardship? How are we going to approach this? Because I don't think we can think about it as like one tenth. You know, this is one tenth of my offering I'm gonna to give to you, Lord. Like, you know, stewardship is a complete way of life. And then secondly, what does it look like for my family? For my family, you know, it looked like using our time to minister to people. In our home and out of our home, it looked like using our time to homeschool. I'm investing that that way. I'm I'm stewarding my gift and ability to teach. Very practical things like that, and I'll share more later. But each of us has a different approach, and we all have to ask. Even moms that are listening, what does it look like for your family? And what does stewardship look like for you? So, Kate, um, maybe you can share a little window into how you stewarded. Brandy.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, what I what I I say on here often is that you know what you model, they will follow. Your children are going to follow what they see. And, and like you said at the beginning, September. Stewardship's is a, a, a deep conversation. It's a deep word. It goes so far beyond just money. I mean, we're kind of focusing on that today, but we've talked about a lot of other things that stewardship has to do with. And I think stewarding your children's dreams, your children's gifts, your children's abilities, that was a big thing for me. And I think just a different aspect of it. I'm a big believer in encouraging our children in their gifts and their abilities. I mean, if you see gifts and talents in your child, call them out. Let your child know that you see them. Do what you can to bring those gifts and talents to the surface and give them wings. I mean, just don't be afraid to dream big for your child if God's showing you something. I mean, I I think our daughter is where she is today because I wasn't afraid to pray into the things that the Lord was showing me when she was first a girl and then a teenager. And then as she hit her 20s, Before she signed a record deal or any of that, he started showing me aspects of her future. And I was just crazy enough to believe him. I just was that mother that said, All right, God, if you're showing me this, and this isn't just my imagination or me being, you know, an American Idol mom who's who's crazy. If this is real, I'm gonna pray into this. And and it was real, and God brought it to pass. So my advice is just. Don't be afraid to dream big. Steward the dream that he's given you for your child. But you have to dig deep with God. You can't, just, you can't just imagine something or make it up. You have to know that this is God's dream for your child, not just your dream. You know what I mean? It has to be more than just something you're making up. You have to know it's the Lord. I didn't, I didn't imagine this for my child. This is what God showed me. And it was, it was bigger than, than I would have thought. I, this wasn't something that I came up with. God started showing me when she was very little, he was putting this dream saying, this is the path I have for her and you need to start believing it. And I was just like, okay, all right. It's kind of like with Joseph, you know, where God's showing Joseph all this stuff. Now, Joseph's mistake was that he started talking about it. This isn't something that you put on Facebook and start telling all your friends. You know, you maybe tell your husband and maybe a couple people that you know will pray with you into it to make sure it's the Lord. It's not something that you necessarily share with the world, but just don't be afraid to dream big. That's my that's that's my message. Steward that dream well. Hold it close to your heart. Steward it, just like you would steward the money that if you've got a big inheritance, you would steward that well. You would have people pray, what do I do with this, Lord? I just inherited $10 million. You're not going to go blow it on something stupid. You're going to be really careful with that money that god just dropped into your family so be careful with that 10 million dollar dream not that my daughter has 10 million dollars but you know what i mean that that 10 million dollar dream he just dropped in your lap for your child steward it well
0: and i think with that too kate is you know we've been talking a lot about allowance and giving our kids the opportunity to learn good money stewardship by giving them small amounts of money as they're little. But we can take that same analogy into all the other areas of stewardship. You know, if I want my child, or I'll, I'll use Franny as an example. I'm sure you didn't just toss her up on a stage when she turned 18. You oh, gave gosh, her opportunities no. to practice the gifts that God had given her. You challenged her to do the next hard thing. You were there to pick her up when it didn't go very well. You were there on the sidelines cheering her on when it did. I mean, we have to give our children small, tiny steps of faith opportunities for small, tiny steps of faithfulness, because if they're going to be faithful in the big things, they first have to learn to be faithful in the small things.
2: It's it's step-by-step. it's year by year. It's it's little thing by little thing that builds, just like anything in our lives. You know, you didn't, n- neither of you wrote your book, just came out and wrote it. You know, it was it was step by step by step by step that finally brought that book to fruition. You know, it didn't just happen. For It doesn't for any of it. It's just like getting your college degree. You don't just suddenly have it. It takes four years to get there. Like anything, it just takes time. We have to dig deep. We have to work hard. It's year upon year upon year, like Malcolm Gladwell talks about 10,000 hours to become an expert in anything. You know, it's the same, it's the same thing.
0: And as September often says, it takes some release. You know, you have to be willing to step back Mm
2: -hmm. and,
0: and let them begin to step forward. You know, I, I can look at my daughter's ability in the kitchen. I certainly can make a meal so much faster and, and maybe, more efficiently and maybe at some point even better. But if she's never given the opportunity to use her culinary gifts in the kitchen, if I'm always steamrolling it and taking over, she can never develop those gifts and those passions and steward them well. So it takes us stepping back and releasing them to do the thing that God is calling them to do.
1: Two questions that I ask my children a lot. I think when it get, narrows it down, we have a lot of big thoughts in our minds as moms about stewardship. We've had this conversation today, but for kids, they're kids. And so, two questions I ask my children a lot are: What are you going to do with what you have? Whether it's money, or a beautiful voice, or um, you know, a very strong mind, or an athletic ability. What are you going to do with what? you have. And that's the first question. And it's always interesting to me to see, you know, their, their answers. Sometimes it's, well, I'm, I guess I'm going to use it. And then, so my second question is, well, how, how are you going to use that? And the road from making the decision to use it to using something that God's given us, whether it's money or an ability or a talent or a property um, requires work. It takes intentionality. It takes sacrifice. And I think it takes, um, a willingness, um, to do all of that. Some people say, well, you know, you have a really nice home. And I say, well, you know, we, we built this home so we can use it. That was the purpose to use it for hospitality and to, um, gather many people and shine a light for Jesus. But I have to be willing to do that, you know? And so when my kids get money, um and you know their allowance and my daughter loves to earn money she loves the the goal and the the um checking off the list and she loves to work hard she's very very diligent um but i'm always curious to see what she's going to do when she gets her money so i'm always saying what are you going to do with your money now that you've earned it and she's like i don't know i have this wish list and it's always things or, or do you need some money, mom? She wants to just spend it. So I think the careful investment of what our kids earn and have and God's given to them is super important. There's a lot of things a lot of our kids can do with our money. There's a lot of things they can do with their talents. A lot of my children and all of the moms listening, all of our children have special ability and special talents. But I think it's our job as parents to really have wisdom and discernment ourselves to guide them. Um, I'm sure Franny could have done a million things. You know, and someone who has a lot of money can do a million things, but it's what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And it's our job to kind of guide them and navigate them and to maybe help them know what is good and not good. And so for me as a parent, you know, those two questions really help for me to know what they're thinking, Um, because, you know, 10 cents is a lot for a little kid when you go into a candy store. Um, (laughs) But 20 cents is even more. So if they spend 10 cents in helping someone and 10 cents on a treat for themselves, you know, those are good things. Um, But 20 cents on candy is not a good thing. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) I think it's all those two questions when it comes down to it. And from the time they're little.
2: I just wanted to remind the moms on here that that every single one of you moms, your kids are world changers. There's not a mom listening that doesn't have a child that's on this planet for a reason, to make a difference, to change the world, whatever their gifts and talents are. You know, Whether, whether they have a learning disability, it doesn't matter. God's put them on this planet for a reason. And part of your job, part of your stewardship, I think, is to figure out what that reason is you know, to really dig deep with God and figure out what they're here to do, whether it's on a big national platform or whether it's most of us are going to live obscure lives. Don't you think most of us are going to be in the shadows doing whatever it is we do, impacting the lives that we impact for the Lord, probably quietly. I mean, that's how most of us live. You know, we're just doing what we do in our church, in our neighborhood, on our street, opening our homes as best we can and just doing what we do which is fine. I mean, I don't think, you know, Paul talked about living quietly. We just want to just, you know, we don't want to upset the apple cart, but we want to continue to impact the world for Christ. So just remember that you're here to make a difference. Your kids are on this planet to make a difference. Just, I just don't want anybody thinking, well, oh, you did something special. You're, you know, there's, I didn't do anything different than any of you moms do. I prayed for my daughter a lot. I dug deep with God. I figured out, you know, my husband and I made a lot of mistakes, but we just figured out somehow we figured out this is the path she's supposed to be on. We think, and God just took it and did something with it. So just do the same thing. And you're going to figure out where your kids are supposed to go and where they're supposed to impact the world.
1: That's a great way to end our episode today. We're sure that you have many questions about what we've done with our chores and allowances and things over the years. So we're going to share a few of those details in our blog posts at momtomompodcast.com. You can also find some past episodes on finances and the money savvy mom on our podcast episodes on our website, momtomompodcast, and also on Instagram and of course on our um, iTunes and Stitcher. And so we are so thankful that you joined in today. If you have any questions, be sure to leave them on our Instagram page or in comments on our website. We always look forward to sharing our thoughts and some biblical encouragement here. And from Kate, Jamie, and myself, we want to encourage you to go back and listen to seasons one and two of mom to mom podcast. If you haven't heard them before, as we look forward to finishing up season three.